Let's get real. Who wants to have another surface level conversation? Not us. I'm Samantha. And I'm Christian. Two friends having raw but truth-filled conversations about the messiness of life. So buckle up and don't be shy. Because, yep, we're We're going going there. Good morning. Good morning. It is a good morning. We were just talking about how we have a super busy weekend. Christian's like, okay, this is actually, now that I'm thinking about it, this is the epitome of our differences because you are very much like, oh my gosh, we have this awesome weekend. We have plans like literally every second of the weekend. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's going to be fun, but I'm a little overwhelmed. I'm already feeling tired. I've just been craving like goofy friend time. So I'm like, oh my gosh, we get to hang out a ton and it's homecoming and it's just fun. Yeah. In our town, we live in a college town if you're not from Columbia and homecoming is a really big deal here. They claim that they're the starters of homecoming, but I found out over the years. I did not know that. You didn't know that? I don't think I knew that. Oh. Yeah, Christian transferred to Mizzou. You clearly didn't go to like Summer Welcome. They literally oh, yeah. talk all about no. it. It's a yeah. huge thing. Never did Greek life oh, here. Oh, yeah, so you so. probably don't. Yeah, it's so yeah. Mizzou claims that... They would. No, That's like, hilarious. No, like it actually in history books, they were the first time that they called Kansas back to Missouri and they called it like coming home. Oh, yeah. I have heard that history. But I think Oklahoma State actually claims it too or something like that. I don't know. Anyway, so, but it is kind of crazy to think that was the first, like, homecoming. Now high schools and everyone does homecoming. So it's a really big deal here, but it's honestly kind of exhausting. But it'll be fun. You know, lots of things. It is stuff that, like, we were talking about this as moms. We hate a weekend when we're, like, away from our kids all the time. And, like, our kids will be with us. Mm Like most of the activities, which like I like that about the activities because they are things that your kids can be involved with. It's not just like only adult fun. For sure. You know, it also makes it that much more tiring. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'm like already thinking I'm like, I don't know how we're going to like carry our kids. Are we bringing the stroller? Are we going to carry them? Are they going to like our kids are, you know, two and four. So they can for sure like hold their own. But Mm -hmm. like when they are going to get tired, we're going to have to carry them. Yes. One or both. Yep. And that's going to be tiring. So we have that going on this weekend, but we're just talking about, I guess I can let you guys in. This isn't the last episode of Fruit of the Spirit, but it's our last one that we're recording because we recorded some of them out of order. So Christian and I are recording this weeks before you'll be listening to all these. So we are like Fruit of the Spirited out. Like... We have really been talking on this because if you take into account like all the weeks we kind of planned and brainstormed and studied it. And so I'm like honestly excited to wrap this series up because it's been really, really good. But I'm excited to move into some of our next content. So I hope you guys are enjoying this series. Now, don't judge us if we don't perfectly exude each one of these fruits. Oh my goodness. Are you kidding kidding me? Like I just kidding. I think most people so good to learn about all of them. We've both been we've talked a lot about that, but we've both been really convicted in this series and just yeah, in our time together. I feel like God's really working in a lot of ways just to kind of break down things in you and I. Mm -hmm. So it's been good. I'm kind of drained by by that too, because I think every week I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so lacking in this. And so, you know, in those times in life where God's revealing a lot of sin and it's good because it feels really great to be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I wasn't seeing this or aware of this in my own life. And I know this is going to bring about growth, but also it's like emotionally exhausting because you're like, well, I'm a horrible person. That's where God's grace comes in and not spiraling into shame. But we are talking about gentleness today. And it's funny just because Christian and I are not people that anyone would ever describe as gentle. So I've been convicted by it because when you look at what the Bible says about it, it's like, no, as Christians, we are all called to gentleness and we'll get into what that can look like even if you have a strong personality, we are called to that. Yeah, it's so funny growing up. I've always been a strong personality, always been kind of like 
just big and like did theater, like all the things. It's just like I'm kind of the opposite of gentleness. And so when I early on in my walk with Jesus and just as I like read the Bible for myself, I remember reading all these verses of Jesus being described as meek and mild and gentle and like low in spirit. And I'm like, what? That sounds so lame. Like I'm like, oh my gosh, that means like I'm wrong. Like how he made me must be wrong. Like that was literally what I felt for like a lot of my life. Like honestly, a lot of through my 20s, like part of my high school kind of like friendship story is partly of like just hearing this message of like, Christian, you're too much. And so like, I've always been a lot. And so I do think it's really something I have to like really challenge myself by. But then that's why when you and I were talking about this conversation, I'm like, I'm kind of nervous because I think ultimately, as we should with all of these fruit, the only place I can look to is the example of Jesus. And therefore, like, I can be gentle because he himself and his spirit is. And so, like, I can strive for that, even though my personality may be big or outgoing. He still calls me to gentleness in relationships. Yeah. Okay. I've been reflecting a lot on it. I voice memoed you yesterday. I was like, I'm kind of feeling uninspired. But I was thinking this morning I got up early. I like needed to get up for two things, obviously to spend time with Jesus, pray over our recordings today and read over my notes. But secondly, to listen to the new Midnight album. So I I listened to, were you proud of me? Yeah, I was. I literally went on a walk this morning. I was like, I had like woken up, down my quiet time, had a cup of coffee, which guys, if you know me, I don't have coffee at my house normally. And then I literally went on a walk and listened to the album. Yeah, it's really good. It's very nice. So I got up early for that and I was just kind of remembering. So I think in all of these, certain personalities are more naturally bent to certain characteristics. Like I would say for you and I to like love people, I don't think that that's as hard for us sometimes. Not hard people, that's another story. But like we want to like, shower people in our lives with love like that could be easier whereas I can think of certain people where I meet them and I would describe them as gentle just that like sweet pure gentleness that they have and I I wasn't as much as you of like oh well I'm different or wrong in this like where I battled with that as much but I was always more like oh I wish I had more of that like thinking of the like nice gentle lady in my bible study or that I was like oh I like look up to that a lot because I can just be loud like put my foot in my mouth like speak without thinking more of that realm but then I was thinking about how I was reading a commentary on a verse about gentleness and saying how like Jesus even though he was gentle he was actually like so the opposite of just being this quiet in the corner person. I mean, if you look at his life, he was actually really strong and powerful and like made a statement everywhere he went. I mean, he, he was went. radical. Yeah, he was like, super radical. Mm-hmm. He wasn't like hiding in the corner. And so I think a lot of times, maybe in the Christian sphere, we associate gentleness as like, I don't know, like a wet noodle. Wait, what is that? Limp noodle, wet limp noodle, wet noodle. Like maybe noodle. just like, okay, you're not supposed to speak or really share your opinion. You just need to like go with the flow and be really like gentle and quiet. And so I think there's a difference between being quiet and being gentle. And I've learned over time that I can be my own personality, but also be gentle in the way that I listen to friends, in the way that I approach when I need to tell someone something difficult. Like I can be gentle in the way that I do that. I can be gentle in delivering news, good or bad. I can be gentle in the way that I speak to my husband or my kids. And so that doesn't mean quiet or like, I don't know. Reserved, reserved or not speaking up or right. And so I yes. think we've just like almost mixed up the 
even the like worldly definition of what gentle means. Yes, that's why I probably should have gone full circle in my thought because you said it very well. I think that's what like in my immaturity of understanding these verses that I was reading, I was like, oh, gosh, that feels so different. And then coming into the knowledge of like, no, but like I am called like God has created me and my personality in certain ways, but I'm also called to look more and more like him. So how can I be gentle in specifically my engagements and like relationships with other people. And so I think that's what when we kind of dove into gentleness, I was thinking like, what normally actually pulls me away from being gentle? Like, why am I not gentle sometimes? And I think the first things I thought about was because often I don't feel like the situation or the person I'm dealing with in that deserves me to be gentle. That like, I want to push back really hard. And I want to like, come in and kind of like jab, kind of say the last word. I think as humans, we are I can speak for myself, but I don't think I'm alone in this. But I think we're just kind of like spiteful humans because we like to feel powerful. We like to feel kind of like that we own a room or a conversation. And so in that way, I was just really urged to say like, wow, how does Jesus live? How do we see him just like not give people what they deserve? He actually goes above and beyond a lot of gentleness is actually like giving the benefit of doubt and loving when like love is not deserved. And so it made me think of the story in John 8 about casting the first stone. If you've ever read this story, it's like a pretty common Bible story, but Pharisees bring a woman to Jesus. She has committed adultery and they're like, Lord, we should stone her. Like she has committed this awful sin. And he essentially says, anyone without sin can cast the first stone, pretty much saying like, you are all sinful. Like, All of you deserve exactly what you want to give to her. But instead, he responds to her with kindness and with love and caring for her in a time that obviously she has probably tons of shame, tons of ugliness feeling and feeling really bad. And these people want to then hurt her in that. And he responds with gentleness. And it just like opens my eyes to say like, wow, am I someone when I respond with gentleness when I don't feel like it's deserved? Mm -hmm. And when I feel like what's deserved is a harsh word or a curt comment or something like that. Yeah. It's convicting for me. Yeah. So the like dictionary definition is the quality of being kind, tender, or mild-mannered. Also alternate definition, softness of action or effect, lightness. And so I think that's really interesting. And then in this book that we've kind of been going back to through the series, Cultivating the Fruit of the Spirit by Christopher J. H. Wright, he got a kind of said like, okay, it's kind of hard to explain because it's really similar in all the fruit to patience. But he basically summed it up as saying, gentleness means being very aware that the other person is a human with feelings too. And I was like, oh, that makes so much sense because You know, in our culture, we've talked about this a lot with different ones that we've broken down, different episodes, but we like to have the last word and the first word. Yeah. We like to really come back with the harsh comments and really walk away feeling like we owned an argument or whatever. But it's funny because when I think about people that are like the most powerful in a room, like in a meeting I've been in or in any kind of hard conversation, It's the person that has like that crazy self-control that like if other people are just going, have you ever been in an argument where everything's starting to spin? Like you feel your emotions going out of control. The other person is. But sometimes I've been in that situation where I'm spiraling and the other person is just like can articulate their opinion so gently. And you're literally like, I hate you. I really hate you because you can't argue back with that. Like they've won. The person that's so gentle in the way that they approach that wins. It's almost like my mom always said, like kill them with kindness. And it's so true. It's like 
when people haven't been great to me or whatever, I'm sure I've deserved however they've treated me. But it's like when you are just overly kind to them or gentle back, it's like, well, what are they supposed to do with that? Like, sure, hate me for loving you. Yes. It's so hard because when you look into gentleness, I was, again, also like just reading some different commentaries and other like blogs and podcasts on this. And what kept coming up is like when someone lacks gentleness, they often are full of pride, easily angered and feels the need for revenge. And I was like, oh, shoot, like those are the complete opposites of being gentle. And if I'm being honest, I actually had some hard conversations this week, actually, like, in my place of work. And I was just sitting there thinking, like, had this misunderstanding, kind of a miscommunication with people and had to go into a conversation and apologize. And I wanted to apologize genuinely for the miscommunication because my intent was pure and good, but obviously it wasn't communicated as such. And I remembered in that moment, I felt for a few moments, honestly, really frustrated, really I was like, well, this isn't fair. Like, I don't need to be apologizing because like my intent was pure. But like the reality of human relationships is like, I don't get to only be mad about what I said because I have to understand that someone else has a different perspective that like they did see how I said something or how I meant like their interpretation of what I said. That is their perception. And that perception is the reality. And so I really had to take like I tried to swiftly like seek wisdom in it and just pray through it for a day. But I then like we had multiple conversations to go back to it and say like, hey, I want to apologize for the part that I played in that because obviously I was a part of it. And in that, I mean, I'm not saying this to say I'm so good at this because I'm definitely not have a lot of room to grow. But honestly, as I was studying for gentleness, I was like, oh, this is what it is because I'm sitting here and I'm thinking I don't need to do that. Like, that's not on me. That's on them. Like, that's how they interpreted it. Like, that was not my intent. So who cares? And then I had to be like, no, no, no. I'm called to be gentle. And being gentle is taking myself out of that, removing any pride that I have, not seeking like to have the last word and instead entering into it and saying like, okay, I want to apologize for what I could have and like seek to understand their perspective. Yeah. And that it was challenging. That's good. Yeah. Similarly, I was reflecting on times where people have had to approach me with hard things and I've seen it go like really, really well. And then I've seen it be really hurtful. And so I think that has to do with how they are gentle in the approach of like, hey, I know your character and I know who you are. Da, 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 like really building up and then really gently saying, but I'm just noticing this. And will you like explain this further versus I've had friends being like, hey, you've pissed me off and you did this and you did that. And like, there's just this anger that's driving it, which is really the opposite of gentleness. And I had a thing happen with a friend this week where I knew I needed to have a conversation. And in the moment, like right after it happens, you are feeling anger, like your feelings are driving your thoughts instead of, you know, what you know to be true. And so I really wanted to like say something right away. But thankfully, again, we were studying this this week and I was able to be like, okay, let me seek wisdom. Just like think about this really kind of calm down before I like say what I feel like I want to say right now. And then I was able to go back the next day and have a conversation with a friend just about something really minor that hurt me. And honestly, her response and her gentleness back to that it was like one of the coolest experiences in friendship because it was just a reminder for me of like, hey, when I just approach things in a gentle way, that's going to open the door for then that person to receive it and actually hear it instead of getting their defenses up and like firing back 
I'm like, she could have easily probably brought up things that I've done to hurt her in the last few months, but she was able to hear what I was saying and then really humbly respond and take accountability. And we were like, just made our friendship that much better. And so I'm like, wow, I'm so thankful. This is why we should be constantly studying God's word because it just drives you to obedience and want to do things the way that he has commanded us to. And it's always better than our own Mm our own ways. Well, and I think that's what was so convicting to me when we were just talking about this. I was like, gosh, we have deserved nothing and Jesus has given us everything. And so again, in that time and in that situation that you're talking through, like we want to act in a certain way because we think like this person deserves my like raw and real emotion. They deserve for like them to understand that that was so hurtful. But I'm like, no, Jesus actually does the complete opposite. And he says, no, like I'm actually going to do a 180 from what you actually deserve. And I want to give you a gift of life that is obviously beyond anything we can imagine. I think, again, going back to kind of like, so I am tempted to not be gentle when I feel like it's not deserved. That's kind of like issue number one. I think the other thing I thought was like, when else am I tempted to not be gentle? And I think it was like in chaos when the circumstances don't feel gentle, when, you know, we are moms of little kids often in our lives. I would say it doesn't feel like the moment, like, again, when I picture gentleness, I picture this like, you know, really calm. Do you know about serene. gentle parenting? Like, have you heard this yes. trend? Yeah. I mean, it's not a trend. It's like a style of parenting. Yeah. And so I'm just like, gosh, how often are our lives like not calm? Like they're not like when I am yelling at my kids to go faster into the car, like that is not probably gentle of me. So again, went to the Bible of just thinking through like, when is Jesus gentle in spirit? Because that's who he is in circumstances that are not. And I went to like, it came up right in my head of like, oh, like Jesus is our shepherd and talks tons about, obviously we are the sheep. He is the shepherd leading us around. And you think about just the imagery of a shepherd leading sheep super chaotic. These little animals are like screaming, running around in all different directions. And your job is to literally... They're like... Yeah, but you know, it's like really loud. That was actually really good. What? Give me another animal. Cow. Okay, that's that good. Okay, give me another one. I weirded out. Hidden talent? Okay, give me another one. I want to try to find a good one. Um, What's a zebra? Okay. okay. Give me something I know. Uh, chicken. <laughs> that one was less. That was like a seven out of I ten. just found a new hidden talent. Wow. Okay, okay, okay. Sorry, that really distracted, but yes. I For needed... someone who likes to hear herself talk, you're now going to be in here and you're going to be like, I'm now selling my voice for animal sounds yeah. in children's books. Yeah, or like stock, children's stock stuff. voices. Gosh. Okay, anyways, back to shepherding. I think it just made me think about that in the Bible, we see this example of Jesus being a shepherd all the time. And you think about that, you, you know, you see all the movies of people with like shepherding sheep and it's like super chaotic. Like you're literally going around collecting all these things. But again, there's so many stories in the Bible where like he calls us into gentleness and his spirit is that. So like, it's convicting for me. I know that sounds so silly, but I'm like an imagery person. And I was just thinking, gosh, like it is not easy for me to be gentle. But again, because Jesus is gentle, I get the opportunity like to work on being more like that and like I can be gentle when it's not deserved and I can be gentle when my circumstances are chaotic because he is gentle. And so those two things like really stood out to me and I loved it. Yeah. Another good example in the Bible, I think Christian and I were saying like this word isn't necessarily in the Bible as much as some of these other fruit, but we see God exemplify a lot of them. And so Hagar, the story of Hagar, when she fled from Abraham and Sarah. So she was the slave of Abraham and Sarah. And then she ended up like 
Abraham like got her pregnant to kind of like push God's promise aside. He promised them a child. Sarah was like way old and too old to have a baby and they were getting impatient. And so Abraham and actually Sarah was the one who drive this plan. She's like, actually, you're going to go. You'll be this like old ancient way of being a surrogate. Like you're going to basically sleep with my husband and get pregnant and then it's going to be my child. And so then Sarah was, of course, angry and bitter at her, you know, after all this happened and she was abusing her. Hagar runs away into the desert and basically God approaches her with such gentleness. And I don't know, I just love thinking about that because she was in the wilderness all alone. And he could have also kind of been angry at her because she said yes and played a role in some of this like really bad behavior. But he just approached her with gentleness. And I love seeing that example. And then I was thinking, okay, the cross is a perfect example of Jesus's gentleness because when he was being convicted by the Roman soldiers and he was being beaten and just accused of all these things he didn't do, he never argued back. He he like stood his ground in what he was doing and how he knew he was innocent, but he never argued back when people were spitting on him. He didn't try to retaliate. He didn't fight back with them. He didn't throw any punches. He literally just took it in such a gentle way. And even dying on the cross, like, He could have been kicking and screaming and yelling out all these things that were going to happen to all these people who didn't believe in him, but he did it so gently. And I'm like, oh, I just, it's so, I mean, obviously it's supernatural because he's not human in that way, but. With all of these fruit, we've talked a lot about just the aroma of Christ and are we Christians and are we believers of him who other people, even if they didn't know that about us, would be able to see that in our character. And I think, again, that's just so convicting because even in that, like all of us would say like, but he did deserve, like he could have spoken up. He could have said that, but because he was so in tune with like his father and what he knew, like he ultimately desired in this plan that he was like, I just have to do what I'm supposed to do. And I think as Christians, like I think about just the way of evangelism when it's like screaming down people's throats and really like harsh words and curt words. And calling them out for everything they do wrong constantly. And when you look at the Bible, there are so many verses about harsh words and the wrath that they bring versus like using gentle words and a gentle tongue. And I'm just so convicted in that and in the way how Jesus did that, that we should all be people who want to be followers of Christ who are known for being gentle, being kind, being gracious, and being good and caring for others, even if they know we're a follower of Christ or not. Like, don't we want that to be our anthem, kind of? It's also such a sign of maturity, almost like one of the ultimate signs of maturity, because when we can approach things, when we can respond to things out of gentleness instead of anger or out of gentleness instead of bitterness or out of gentleness instead of jealousy or whatever it is, it shows such maturity, even in a worldly standard. If you take like a spiritual maturity out of it, it shows just like a human maturity. Because I think I, we think of like little kids, they're the opposite of gentle. And so I don't know when I see people that can respond that way, I'm like, okay, you've got something figured out. You have a lot more wisdom than I do. And you've, you're a lot more mature than I and am. And going back to what you said about the argument thing, like, isn't it true that we all want to kind of like win in that scenario? And when someone's actually really gentle and quiet and calm and can like collect themselves before saying something more eloquent or like put together or like thought through, and they're not than rolling you, their eyes. It's like, oh shoot, you actually just won by being gentle and kind and thinking about what you're going to say before you said it. So you were kind. 
Yeah. Okay. To wrap us up, Christian, will you read one of my favorite verses in the Bible? It's a psalm that most people probably have heard if you've ever heard popular psalms, but it just kind of paints this picture of who our God is that we serve you. We hear a lot of God and the just anger that he has or the difficult things that he's asking us to do that can feel really hard sometimes for us. And we don't often reflect on just like how gentle of a God we serve. So read this verse for us. Yeah. So this is Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the dark valley of death, I will not be afraid. For you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast in the presence of my enemies. You welcome me as a guest, anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Mm, I love that verse and that picture. So we hope you guys liked it too. Hey, thanks for going there with us. If you loved what you heard, don't forget to follow along with us at Going There, the podcast. And it also means so much to us if you subscribe to our podcast and shared it with a friend. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon.